0: Hello, this is David Thompson from the Fraser Valley in British Columbia. And it is now, I believe, July the 13th, 2022. Uh, First of all, for those that are new, I want to mention that this message is for everyone. It is for those that are hungry and thirsty for reality. But even if you're not, it's to wake you up so that you'll enter into ultimate meaning and destination. So this message is about the fact that you can have an ever-enlarging, creative, fulfilling destiny beyond your wildest comprehension in a love relationship with the one true eternal God who in the Old Testament is most commonly called Yahweh Elohim. Yahweh basically meaning the ultimate source of creation, the ultimate love life source, the source of reality. And Elohim means the Almighty's and is referring to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now you can go and check out on my website at ultimatemeaning.com a flip book where there's very original writing that I've done by the gifting of the Spirit of God, which is filled with many links in the red print, going to very amazing and profound YouTube videos. And I mean these videos are amazing. And they highly confirm and verify the reality and the truth of everything I am sharing. Specifically, this message is for those that have been reconciled to God through receiving who God is through Jesus Christ. Maybe I should just briefly explain this to those that are new. God is love, but He is the ultimate perfection and manifestation of love. In fact, it is this love that is the very source of everything there is, and the very reason for everything there is. And this love has two aspects to it. The first is that this love is always choosing the highest-lasting good over any lesser choice, because any lesser choice as such would have a measure of corruption in it. This love is the opposite of corruption. It is so pure in its integrity that it is a blazing fire of judgment against all that is contrary to this love that always chooses the highest lasting good. This is the defensive aspect of love, of the being of the creator of all, of all good. And from this springs forth its ultimate expression that God is so great that he can actually communicate with those that he's created even us little human beings on a speck of a little planet here that is insignificant in the vastness of the universe as a grain of sand is to all the sand upon the earth and yet God communicates with man he did with Abraham in Genesis 18 Abraham's at his tent door and he looks up and there's three men standing before him. He runs to them and says, I want to make you a meal. They say, go ahead. They all eat and partake together. And he dresses one of those, which are obviously angels, as Yahweh. Well, Yahweh is the most sacred name of God. That is Abraham communicating with Jesus Christ right there in Genesis 18. And yes, Jesus Christ is, was born through the Virgin Mary by the brooding of the Spirit of God upon her womb so that that blood came from God. And God can be that great to condescend and suffer more than you, a mere creature, and humble himself more than you, a mere creature, which he did as a perfect, atoning, substitutionary sacrifice on the cross so that you could choose to receive his love and be reconciled to God. There is no love that can be imagined that is great as this, or that could exist that is great as this. Only this love could be an ultimate trustworthiness that would be worthy of unlimited power, life, and authority without being corrupted by it or using it in a corrupt way, thus indicating that he is the very source. Yes, God is, in his being of love, the very source of all good, of all creation. What causes corruption is that God creates beings with their own free will that are the source of their own action because only therein is the potential to love. And the meaning and purpose of all things is ultimately love. That's why everything is created with male and female counterparts. It is a reflection of this ultimate purpose of God in loving union with his creation, in marriage with his creation. Just as the head inhabits the body, he seeks a corporate bride. And that is the ultimate purpose and the meaning for your life is that you can be part of this family in heaven that goes on forever with the saints, with the angels, and many myriads and varieties of creations. and I don't have time to go into all of this here in detail. I'm giving a brief introduction. I want to share with those that have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, who is God manifest in the flesh. Yes, people say how can you believe in three personages? That God has three personages. Very obvious that He must. He can't, He wouldn't be God if He didn't have three personages, because He must occupy the three ultimate aspects of existence, and you have to be in personage in those ultimate aspects of existence to rule in and over. And so, God is beyond creation. That's the ultimate one aspect of it. The other aspect is in creation, as the Son, God, communicates with the creation in Jesus Christ and partakes of the creation and experiences the creation. And then there is God, the Holy Spirit, that fills all dimensions of existence within the creation realm. So you have one God and three personages beyond time and space in the creation realm or time and space as well. And there are many dimensions of time and space. And filling all dimensions of time and space in omnipresence is the Holy Spirit. So I want to speak to those that have come to know this one true eternal God for whom to know is life eternal. Yahweh, the Almighty's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What I do to facilitate this is I seek to speak these messages as the oracles of God. So that is what I will seek to do now. Because it says in 1 Peter 4.11, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. This is further amplified in Revelations 19.10, which says, Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When we speak prophetically, or as the oracles of God, it can only come out of a heart set and a mindset of worship. And out of that, when we do that in great humility and reverence and love for God, we are filled with the spirit in an overflow, to speak utterances beyond ourselves. And so I will seek to speak this message out of a heart set and a mind set of worship. I don't know what I'm gonna speak on. I cast lots to get the possibility of any chapter from the word of God, and I cast it with two independent applications to get two chapters, that I might discover the theme in those two chapters as to what God is seeking to say. This facilitates speaking prophetically. And I don't need to go into the fact that it's very scriptural and was extensively used in the Old Testament, was used by the early church, was used by powerful movements of revival, such as the Moravians, who even chose their own wives by the casting of Lot before God. It doesn't work if you're not walking right with God and you do it out of any wrong impure motive. I also seek to get a song, sometimes by the casting of Lot. This time I didn't use that, but I have sought a song that would fit with the two chapters I am about to share with you. So... I should say I've been going through a time of significant trial recently. Um, before I start this message I want to share that the reason you haven't heard a message in a while is because I woke up one morning I went to bed, I was fine and I woke up in the morning and my whole left shoulder and front breast and around the upper back area as well partly down my left arm was filled with ugly, ugly sores they looked terrible I could question God and say, why would you do that to someone that's living a holy life, that loves you, and that's seeking you many hours each day in prayer, consistently? Who am I to question God? The word of God says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. So that is my attitude. My love for God and my faith in God in Yahweh the Almighty and Jesus Christ is unconditional. I can surmise the possibilities why the enemy was allowed to do this to me. But nevertheless, many are the afflictions of the righteous and the Lord deliver them all. So I had to go to emergency and stay overnight. Well, I had to wait for from 7.30 to 2.30 in the morning before they saw me, and then you're, you know, getting all this done all throughout the night. So anyhow, it's a long story. See, what I have doesn't have any itch. There's no pain. And yet it turns out to be what they believe is shingles. Well, that's pretty strange (laughs) that it's so massive and it just suddenly appeared because that's not what shingles does. And... It doesn't itch and it doesn't pain. So I'm on medication now. I'm back. They also noticed my heart was racing way too far, too high. So they brought that down and everything's fine. And I'm in very good, strong physical shape. So I will endure this. And I'm taking two drugs for a week that don't make me feel that great. So um, I'll go through this. This is my first day on those drugs. But I want to share with you what I received today today first of all the song that we are going to sing before the Lord so here's that song first Okay, that's a wonderful song of worship It has basically that theme of touching the throne of grace. I didn't know exactly what the words would be, but it's a wonderful worship song. And today I received 1 Corinthians 4 and Numbers 18, and the common theme is on how genuine spiritual leadership takes on the attacks and sinful nature of the flock to bring them close to God and protect them from the wrath of God and the curses of the wicked. So first of all, I will read from 1 Corinthians, starting at verse 6. And these things, brethren, I have in a figure, transferred to myself and to Apollos, for your sakes, that ye might learn in us not to think of man above that which is written, that no one of you be puffed up for one against another. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou, that thou didst not receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hast not received it? Now, Ye are full, now ye are rich. Ye have reigned as kings without us. And I would to God, ye did reign, that we also might reign with you. For I think that God has set forth us, the apostles, last, as it were appointed to death. For we are made a spectacle unto the world and to angels and to men. That's because they were so severely persecuted at that time. And then we read further down in verse 19. But I will come to you shortly, if the Lord will, and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Spiritual leadership that is raised up of God by the Spirit of God is a leadership that knows a total wholehearted love for God that is all consuming to the point that they, as the shepherds, are willing to lay down their life for the sheep. They are willing to even seem like they are not so significant and to appear before others in a way that does not allow others to receive them in their own spirit of pride. You see, the human nature has a tendency to identify with leaders and it's often an issue of pride. This was why God was angry with the nation of Israel when they chose a king because they wanted to be like the Amorites and like the other nations. They wanted to look really great in the eyes of the world. And they wanted to be able to have a specific person they could put their identity in. But Samuel... Course told them how evil their sin was and said that it would be lightning and thunder. And there was lightning, thunder, and I believe heavy hailstones. And the nation of Israel cried out to God and were very repentant, but it was too late. God had decided that's what you made, that's your decision, you're going to live with it, and I will still, as the faithful potter over your lives bring you onto that ultimate purpose of unity and conformity with me as a nation and as individuals. But it would have been far greater and easier on them if they were not puffed up with pride and were walking in a life of prayer and of humility. But the tendency in all peoples throughout history is that they get wrapped up in their own lives, and they become insular, and they become so active and filled with all of these things to feel comfortable, and then the comfort that they have beca- allows pride and presumption, and then that results in God's judgment upon and wrath upon the nation. That is why the Word of God says in Corinthians also that God has so tempered the body together that he gives more abundant honor unto the part that lacks. Why? So that there would be no schism in the body of Christ. You see, pride comes by contention. It is the pride that is in us that is not of God where we like to receive people as Christ said. If someone comes in their name, you'll receive them. But if I come in the name of the Father, you will not receive me. And I'm not going to go into in depth on that. What is it? You see, the word name basically is who one really is to others. That's the Hebrew word for the word name, Shem. It can be contrasted with the word for the word life, which is the same word for the word soul, which it says the life of the flesh is in the blood. That means who one really is unto themselves. But the word name is the expression of one's being in reality to others. And when God expresses who he is in reality to people, Especially as he expressed himself on the cross. What happens? It breaks the mindset and the heart set of pride. And this is hard for people. They want to hold on to their pride, they don't want to break. But that is what brings a person to true conversion and true. ongoing growth in God is to continually be coming before God that way and this verse that says that he's tempered the body together so that he so that he gives more abundant honor unto the part that lacks is so that pride is dealt with in corporate assembly so if you're in a meeting Where people are allowed to fully be who they are before God and to function in the gifts of the Spirit, and you facilitate that, which is very rare these days, then what happens? Then God pours a more abundant gift on someone that isn't so charismatic outwardly. In fact, maybe the opposite. Maybe it's a gift where they have knowledge of things in people's lives. Or it's a gift to foretell things in the future. I don't know. Some gift from the Spirit of God. And so all these people that are looked up to because they're so gifted in preaching or, or they look so young and so attractive or have such an attractive personality are brought down, whereas others are exalted because God's grace comes on them. And this is to break the tendency towards pride. That is why the Scripture says, Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. And it goes on to say, Every valley shall be filled, speaking of those that are dejected and not looked up to. And every mountain shall be brought down, speaking of those that tend to be looked up to. And the crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God and also the glory of God. And in corporate assembly, what brings the glory of God is, first of all, when we come together and we don't just have our little routine where you got the people at the front doing their stuff and doing their little music yet. Now, it's time for God's house to become a house of prayer. The body of Christ needs to repent. This is not the order of God. The order of God is that we come before him as assembly in our faces and become more conscious of him then of the leadership of him in our midst we get on our faces and we begin to pray after a while corporately with one praying out here and everyone standing behind him behind them and as another sense of the spirit moving them to pray then we stand behind them and we pray for a while and then we begin to sing songs and we begin to worship and out of that comes the gifts of the spirit in prophetic utterance or in words of in exhortation or encouragement And this allows God to confirm what he's saying by his Spirit as people discover that what God's speaking through them is the same theme as what God is speaking through someone else. And I've seen this happen in a church I attended in the past, and not just one or two times. And that is rare. But it is something that God wants to bring in its fullness in these last days into the body of Christ. And then, as the Holy Spirit leads the leadership to get up and share, they will share what they discover was from God and that their message has been confirmed by what the Spirit spake, even though all of these people knew not what the others knew was the message, or so on. God is calling his people in these days to be those that have such a love for God and for one another, that the leadership has such a love for the sheep that they're willing to lay down their life for the sheep. That means they're willing to allow this kind of order in the church. Where they let the Holy Spirit control the meetings and don't allow themselves then to get into the way of that. Now, what is it what is the other scripture I received? I received Numbers 18. And this is what it says here. And the Lord said unto Aaron, Thou and thy sons and thy father's house with thee shall bear the iniquity of the sanctuary. And thou and thy sons with thee shall bear the iniquity of your priesthood. Now that word iniquity is willful rebellion against God. Bearing the iniquity of the sanctuary. The sanctuary has willful rebellion against God. The priesthood has willful rebellion against God? Yes, God sees the heart even of the leadership. And and then we go down to verse 5, and it says, And ye shall keep the charge of the sanctuary and the charge of the altar, that there be no wrath any more upon the children of Israel. And I, behold, I have taken your brethren, the Levites, from among the children of Israel to you, They are given as a gift for the Lord to do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. So here we see that God's wrath can come upon the congregation as a whole because he sees the state of their heart is at enmity with him. He wants them to come to a place and through the priesthood in this case, they were standing in the gap. And so Paul the Apostle said, death works in me that life might work in you. And I have experienced in certain congregations where there is a greater practice of this type of assembly I'm describing, that there are times in the corporate prayer meeting an assembly that I feel so weak and unworthy to share anything. And there's the least desire to share. And there's other times where I am so powerfully moved to share by the Spirit of God. And I've known relationships with brothers and sisters in the past where they will do, be doing sport, spiritual warfare where I'll be being blessed. And then the next time it's reversed, I'm experiencing the blessing and they're experiencing attack. And so it is that there is a battle. But we learned to stand with one another, to stand in the gap. The priests had to do it. They had to bear the iniquity of the congregation so that God's wrath would not come upon the congregation. And if we do not discern the body of Christ aright, that is what causes many of us to have weakness and sickness among us. Why does that happen? It happens because there's people there in that congregation. If they really love God, they wouldn't be offended or jealous over their brother and sister, over whatever it might be. In the case of the Corinthians, it was that some were saying, I am of Paul, and others were saying, I am of Peter. This is a denominative spirit. God calls us to wash one another's feet, literally. And the ones that we find the hardest to love, or that may even, we feel, have offended us greatly, we should be willing to go to them out of the appreciation of of the greatness of God's mercy and love to forgive us. Go to them and wash their feet and tell them how much we appreciate the good things we do see in them and also share with them our faults, and ask them to pray for us. That way we win them towards us. And then we can share with them if it's a sin that they've sinned against us, and they will be open to repent and to be in a right relationship with us. This is what allows us to discern one another in Christ and to know one another, not in the flesh, but in Christ. But if we do not have the real fear of God in us and we do not have a life of prayer, our hearts are hard and we begin to become denominative and divisive. Or you withdraw and we become a denominational shell that only goes so far with God. But in these last days, God is calling his people to repent of these things and to return to their first love. There are many things that harden the heart. When we get all caught up in seeking our own comforts, and fail to spend significant time seeking God and having communion with God, right there, we are going to be robbed of a far greater destiny and fulfillment in this life as well as the next. I'm talking not about being blessed with material riches, but being blessed with a deep filling of the Spirit of God that overflows to others and allows us to be able to bring much fruit to god and winning others to christ and setting the captives free even those in the body of christ that are in bondage this is a call in these last days to repent and to wake up to repent of the gods of amusement that you spend so much time with your motions on instead of time in prayer to repent of materialism of pleasure of many things That are making you insular from a relationship where you feel the heart of God and the heartbeat of his love in your life and tears for the lost and tears for his bride church to come forth and conquer your nation this is what conquers the nation it is the gospel of God it is the love of God it is the body of Christ coming forth to become his house of prayer and holiness in these last days well That is all I can share with today. I appreciate your support to hold me up in prayer above all. And I would appreciate financial support by you purchasing the book God, Headship, and Body Invasion that I have on the internet that shows what you can do in your congregation so that you do not limit the fullness of the headship of Christ from inhabiting the local assembly and your life as an individual. Thank you. I have a far greater amazing book coming out on the evidence of life after death. I don't know what the title will be and so on yet. But that will be coming out in the near future. And there's a lot of in-depth research in that book. God bless you all. Right now, I do have significant debt. and um, That's neither here nor there. It was out of pure motives, but lack of wisdom that I got into that. Trying to do things in order to be free to serve god but now i don't seek those things i have a lot of domain names i would like to sell that are really valuable and so if anyone's interested in buying domain names please contact me either through my website or through um, leaving a message on my phone i never answer that one because there's so much spam but I don't mind giving that phone number out. That one is 604-539-1621. So thank you, and God bless you all.